Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm here today with my friend, Chris Nicholson. Uh, Chris, how are you doing? Good. Thanks. And we're going to talk about last night's episode after, uh, you know, like about a month or a month and a half break. Uh, it's called Point and Shoot, a better call Saul. Um, Chris, what did you think about last night's episode? Well, Lalo died a bit earlier than I was expecting. And honestly, he died a bit easier than I was expecting. Mm. You know, I, I thought that basically all he had to do was move a little the moment the lights went out, and then things would have gone a lot differently. But instead, he, he just, stayed in place. He just had to move a little. He he didn't he didn't know that Gus would have Gus, Gus had to have a lot going on. He had to uh, put out the like uh, electricity, and then he has to know quickly that he's got a gun there and that he's going to shoot him. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, I, guess, I, guess I mean, it's, it's true that he doesn't know for a fact that Gus has a gun lying around there somewhere. But mm. at, at the same time, Lalo's been like a super villain genius at every other step of the way in the show. You know, he, he catches on pretty quick. All he had yeah. to do was say, hey, something's not going according to the plan. The lights went out. You know, let, let me move a little. He doesn't seem, though, to be as, as smart or quick to catch on as, um, like, say, Gus. Or uh, you know, like uh, Saul, uh, Jimmy himself is. I mean, like he, like at Nacho, he didn't get like it took him a while to understand that Nacho was uh, betraying him, right? And it's always like, you know, it takes him a while. He's got to like he's gonna go do X, but then he like figures out he should do Y. But like he's always like his first instinct is always to do X. It takes some prodding for him to remember stuff. While Gus, it seems to be he naturally gets what's going on. Doesn't it? Well, maybe. I, I think they're both pretty sharp. Look, it, it's not a huge sin that Lalo didn't yeah. just move a little bit. That's like, it's a minor problem I have. Well, he had so to shoot him. Actually, he wanted to shoot him. It was, he was just trying to do two things at once. He's trying to shoot uh, Gus, right? What's the better move, to shoot him or to, to move? Well, he right. could have tried to do both. Yeah, he could have. He could have. It's, 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 it's tough. It's, you know, it's, let me tell you my, my bigger problem with, with the writing. And maybe this is all a kind of minor one. Uh, but uh, it's when Lalo first showed up at uh, the laundromat. And yeah, yeah. he's trying to break into it. And then it cu- does a cutaway. And we see that there was a guy who was watching all these cameras. And he just happened yeah. to be away during the few moments when Lalo was on camera. No, but in. I like that. I Lalo like that. comes in and the guy sits back down and like, oh, there's nothing to see here. So like that was sheer luck, right? I think this show doesn't have enough sheer luck because a lot of these things should be sheer luck. And a lot of these things should go wrong for like very stupid reasons. Like he didn't think they'd have a camera in that exact you know place. Like there's nowhere for him to know like their exact security system. So like the fact that he got through could be luck. Like, I don't think there's enough of that actually. So, so, so let's run through it. So in like Lalo should have assumed that there'd be security cameras everywhere. So in like 99 out of a hundred worlds, not the one we happen to see, he gets caught on camera and, and then this goes a lot differently. And, and then He's, Lolo just looks like, like an idiot because he didn't think about the fact there would be cameras there. Didn't he go in? He went in, it was like through the ceiling or something, right? It was like through, a, it was like on the roof and then he went in through a thing. And what the camera, the thing that he missed, it was, he was, uh, it was on a, like, was that a natural entrance entry point? Uh, what, wasn't it through a fan? Yeah, it was the fan. And what, what did they see? And what did they see him on? Where did they? Uh, where did they miss him on the camera? What was that? I, was that before he got to the fan part, or was that? Because I'm, I'm asking if it's a natural entry point. 
Like, did he find something that? Well, it's know, not like a doorway. Was... It's not like a doorway, but it it, it is like a, a big fan that is clearly covered on camera because they expect somebody could enter through it. And the mm, only they... reason he makes it in is that the guy happened to be away from his seat for a few seconds, the right few mm. seconds. Yeah, I don't think it's 99 out of 100 the guy's not paying attention or going to the bathroom. But, I, you know, the the fan might not be a natural – like, okay, so he has to believe that – Gus believes that the fan is a natural place to break in. And so maybe Lala was like, where is a place that they would never suspect? And maybe that was a natural place to suspect, except Gus was smart enough to think of that. But just happened – that you know, the guy happened uh, to be up in the bathroom or whatever, right? I mean, you that's, know, I, I'm not a security yeah, expert, but it seems like it was pretty easy to get in through that fan. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and the other thing is Lalo thought. I mean, I, I mean, my bigger problem with her. I guess I had a little bit of a problem too, but not not that specific scene. It was that, um, like, Lalo assumes that they're all gonna go to like Jimmy's apartment, right? Like, Gus could have sent like fifty percent of them and kept fifty percent of them with him, right? He didn't need like you know, uh, he didn't necessarily need whatever that was, the like 10, 15 guys or whatever. And I mean, it was sort of ridiculous. I mean, they're all they the gang is like walking up like this outdoor area in the apartment complex, and there's like fifteen men in like black leather jackets. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a, it's like nobody calls the police. Nobody thinks this is strange. Right, right. <laughs> and, and Mike is like. Like, shh, be quiet. <laughs> oh God, don't just yeah, like nobody's supposed to notice. Yeah. Uh yeah, I guess you could start yeah, picking holes at holes in this. Yeah, I mean, always with murders. I mean, every show like where people get murdered, it's like it, this is so hard to do well. Like to have like a murder and then not have like 10 different spots really. You know what? I think they should have gotten caught at this point. Like there's always just like weird stuff like this um, going on. And like the other thing, I mean, when they're taking uh, the, at the end, they're taking Howard's car and they're saying, we're going to drive it to California. um, And we're going to, I guess I pretend like they're dumping him in the ocean. Like you think that you're going to get a car from New Mexico to the Pacific coast. And like, I don't know what year was this. This was like 2010 or something. So it was 2008. And that, 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 uh, car would never be gotten on any camera uh, at any point in you know the thousand the thousand fifteen hundred mile journey or whatever it is they wouldn't have had to stop for gas they wouldn't have had a gas station where they you know they, it's just it just it, it seemed that seemed strange right yeah yeah I, I guess maybe that's just for like because they just really wanted that shot of the ocean and the ocean happened to be pretty far away from them you know realistically they, they didn't have to go nearly all the way to the pacific for yeah. this kind of plan yeah they didn't have to go to the pacific yeah they could have like gone to a river i mean they, they could have yeah they could have dumped them in a river right they have a river they have this river and yeah the, there are any number of places where, where they could have dumped his body or you know left his car I, I think that they just really wanted the shot of the ocean and the shoes and the waves no but he's got it this was a cool shot you're right you're right yeah yeah they could have huh so that, that's but actually the kind of thing that i'd forgive that that's the thing I I I forget because I'm like yeah that's a cool shot I agree with you and, and you, there guys, was a much easier guys. way you could have done it. But I think that's all that SWAT team like with the with the music. I thought that was a cool. I thought that was a cool shot too. Um, yeah. I thought that was it was exciting in that moment. So I I, I would I'd forgive that. Um, yeah, he goes. Yeah, he goes to the ocean. Yeah, I guess they could get rid of the body. Um, you know, they're in the they're in the desert. They could get rid of the body. They want to get rid of the body in a way that. They don't find the body. They can't just dump them in the desert and then put the car next to it because they'll see 
um, you know, they'll have forensic evidence and stuff. Um, yeah. They'll say, where did you get the gun? And so they need to make the body disappear and make it look like a suicide too. And so this is why the ocean works well, while like the desert doesn't really work. Yeah. You know, it, it reminds me, I, I'm in Las Vegas. And so at the reservoir, Lake Mead, the, the water levels have been coming down a lot. So we're all these barrels are starting to pop up containing like bodies that the mafia dumped like decades huh. ago. Really? So it's just a reminder, like only 50% of murders are solved these days. Apparently yeah. it's not that hard. You don't have to go that far to hide the body. Well, I don't think, I think, I don't think that they're all mafia murders. I think they're inner city murders where the people don't talk to the police. I think that's the majority of the murders that are not getting solved. Yeah. I don't think. <laughs> oh, I'm talking about the barrels, the barrels uh, with bodies yeah. and like meat. They, they think yeah. that a lot of those are mafia guys. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that makes that makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, now that we talk about it, yeah, I was I thought it was a I thought it was a great episode while watching it. Now I still think it was exciting and interesting. But yeah, there are there are serious holes here. Um, so they yeah we talked about before how the shooting of uh, you know the way he shot uh, Howard. Uh, you know, the silencers don't work that well. You know, they're also, they have these moving men that, you know, this gang is also like ruining the refrigerator, like the same day, like the neighbors could see that too. Like, and so Mike knows at the end, he's like, they're going to come question you because yeah, you, at that point they realize, okay, his car was parked here for hours. Okay. They, 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 they foresaw that. Right. Uh, a witness could see like whoever is going to drive his car now, like a witness could see somebody get into the car who's not necessarily Howard, and they would say, it looks like, you know, this, this kind of guy. Um, and then, yeah, and then not seeing anyone for the whole uh, trip. And then, like, their refrigerator, they get their refrigerator, refrigerator changed um, the same day. The neighbors are going to see that, too, like the day when uh, Howard is uh, found or disappeared or whatever. Um and then, yeah, they do they, I mean, and Mike is going to buy the refrigerator for them. So they're, you know, the cops have a sort of lead here. They can go look for, you know, who bought the, where they buy the refrigerator. Uh, yeah. I think there's, yeah, I think there's a lot here for, uh, for uh, some, you know, for the police to, to work with. Yeah. And to me, I'm wondering how many of the, these potential holes the show is actually going to make relevant. And the one hole that I'm sure that the show has to consider is Cliff. Cliff is like the gigantic fly in the ointment mm. right now for this plot. Because wow. like Mike tells them, they have to go around saying exactly the same lie that they have been saying and setting up about Howard, all the coke habit stuff. But Cliff, I mean, he, he has all the information he needs to know that all of that is false. And so from there, it's a short step to Cliff just taking a, a passing interest in all this. And Cliff can establish, yep. Uh, th this whole story behind Howard's suicide, it's all based on a lie. Something but Cliff, shady is going on. Cliff was skeptical of Howard in the first, but then Cliff saw Howard. Okay, so they talked after the meeting. Uh, you know, Cliff thinks Howard is crazy, doesn't he? Because he was in the meeting where the, the, you know, the photos came out, and then they talked it's afterwards. A, it's a little ambiguous, because uh -huh. what happens is, you know, Cliff goes in, uh, he goes up to Howard's office, and How Howard is looking manic, and he says, look, uh, I called the detective agency. Uh, they 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 switched out the numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I called a fake number and I hired a fake detective. Yeah. They've been setting this up for months. And then bas basically, Cliff cuts him off and says, "Like Howard, I don't care. I'm not here to talk about any of that right now. Yeah. Right now, we've got to talk about what's best for the client. And what what's best for the client is to settle." 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, that was a semi-reasonable position for Cliff to take at the time because, yeah, the client has to come first in that moment. But, you know, all it takes is for Cliff to settle down after agreeing to the settlement and think about it all for a minute and say, yeah, you know, maybe maybe Howard isn't completely crazy. Maybe, maybe they did make him hire a fake detective. You know, there's a lot of weird stuff going on. And Cliff's a smart guy. He And especially now, he should be able to figure it all out. But well, he should be able to figure out that, that Kim and Jimmy were, were messing with Howard. Yeah. I mean, they could figure out he was messing with Howard. And this would explain why Howard, which they're going to confess to, that Howard was at their uh, apartment. Um, so there, there's going to there's gonna be that. But then Cliff could reasonably suspect, okay, they're, but like, they're messing with him and he's on drugs. Like, I think Cliff could think that, or they Cliff could think like, you know, he's just, he's just on, uh, he's just on drugs. Uh, the, you know, it's like what year actually matters a lot because I think in 2022, I think cameras have become much more ubiquitous everywhere. So I think that like, there's a big, like every, you know, like a normal, like 10, 15 years ago, I don't think like a normal middle-class house would have like, you know, a camera system, a security system that, that is a very recent development. So Uh now there's cameras everywhere. Um, Like the, uh, you know, like uh, the, oh, when uh, Kim was going to go shoot Gus, like, you know, the the ring system, like he would, you would assume like even a normal person, not even Gus would have a ring system. I don't know how this was even supposed to work because Gus would have cameras. I guess maybe Lalo doesn't, Lalo's going to hop the border, I guess. He doesn't care if Kim uh, gets arrested for murder, right? Because they're going to have her on camera. Kim, I guess, doesn't know that, doesn't know that uh, Gus would be the kind of guy who has cameras. Maybe she does. I don't know. But like anyone today in 2022 who had a, uh, who had a nice house would have a camera um at the at the door or you know very common yeah, so she would have yeah so this this makes a big difference i mean it makes a big difference whether the, you know, the fact that this is in whatever it is 2008 or 2009 or uh whatever it is instead of 2022 although it still has some holes in it for 2022 but uh, you know you said uh, you talked about which ends are going to come i thought this was you know we talked about whether we're going to have like the post breaking bad period. And this seems like the end. This seems like the end of better call Saul. I was surprised that like, I was like after the show was over, they're like the, you know, the promotion, it's like, Oh, five episodes, like five episodes. What, what else is there? I mean, yeah. Five episodes. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah I think I'm it's, kind I, of like encouraged by that because it seems like we are really close to the breaking bad era now. And with five episodes left at this point, it seems pretty likely that they've got to show us the future. They, they've got yeah. to move, move on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's much left here. I mean, Lalo is dead. Lalo was the big Lalo versus Gus was the big battle, right? Um, you know, Saul is Saul. Kim is doing her her thing. Um, there's really not anything. I mean, maybe Cliff or whatever. I mean, that doesn't seem like a big. There, you know, maybe the murder investigation. We know that Jimmy doesn't get arrested for murder or anything because he's there during the Saul era. Um, yeah. Uh, and so. Yeah, we we you know I think we we might just have nothing left from the Saul era. We might just be going straight into uh, post Breaking Bad. It'd be cool if there was during Breaking Bad, like you know something uh, during Breaking Bad was happening, and then Jimmy talks to Kim about it. Like we could get something like that too. You know, uh, we we're one sign that we're really close is the fact that what Lalo, what his whole character stemmed from is one of the first scenes in Breaking Bad with Saul, where uh, Walt and yeah. Jesse take him out to the desert. And he's got the bag over his head and he says, it wasn't me. Ignacio did it. Did Lalo send you? And and so, you know, basically we're close enough in time to that, that he would, that he would say that, that, that he would still say Ignacio did it. Did Lalo send you? So that, 
that well, implies that not seen is probably months in the future at most. Well, that could be five years in the. He may have. He might just. You know, that could be five years in the future. You know, theoretically, he could be worrying about this Lalo guy. He traumatized him pretty badly. But yeah, I, so what's key here is Mike doesn't Mike doesn't explicitly say like Saul is like you know is uh, he's gonna Lalo's what if he comes back and then Mike says he's not coming back he's not coming back. I, I don't think he explicitly says he's dead um, yeah does he doesn't so he and, and that's to create reason. some continuity some possibility in Saul's mind that he might be alive. Yeah, because they promised him Lalo was gonna not come back before, right? When someone right, right. didn't, he, he might come back Mike again. Told, yeah, uh-huh. Mike told him he was gonna. Mike told him explicitly they were gonna kill him in Mexico, so he he had reason. He thought that it was over, um, and so now you know he doesn't have any reason to believe Mike. Uh, now I guess, um, yeah. I mean the psycho. I like the so you know what I really liked was. Um, Mike, when he's debriefing them at the end of it, and he's like, you know, we're just going to put some coke in the car. That's what you guys were going with anyway, right? We're just going to continue. Like, it's just, they're just in a continuation of, like, what they were doing the whole time is, like, what the Gus Fring gang was doing, which was, I yeah. think, was really funny. Yeah. Yeah, M- Mike, Mike seemed to kind of be subtly critiquing them during that whole spiel, saying, like, hey, this is, a lot of his death was your fault. Yeah. For doing it know, how much is this stuff? Does Mike know any of this stuff, like this uh, uh, Mesa Verde stuff? I, I don't think he knows this. Um, well, I, I think that from Mike's conversation with Kim in the diner, we're meant to believe that Mike basically knows everything important about their plot against Howard, oh. and he just didn't care that much. Huh. That, that's nice. what he told Kim. He was like, yeah, I know what you're, you've been doing. I don't care. It's not my business. Just yeah. following you for a separate reason. Why does... Yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah. And so what did you, so this is the big, this is the big psychological, I think, question of the show. I think this is the, you know, the most interesting thing and most fruitful thing we can analyze. When, when uh, Jimmy tells uh, Lalo to send Kim, uh, what is going on? What's going on there? And she's like, no, 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 please don't. And it's not a plan between them because you see them like oh, whispering yeah. at each other. They disagree. They, are, they disagree strongly. <laughs> what did you think about that? Oh, I think it's pretty clear what was going on. Uh, Jimmy was trying to save Kim's life and, and he was he was risking his own life because Jimmy thought that no matter what happened, there was a pretty good chance that whoever was staying with Lalo was going to die. Uh, either the person staying with Lalo was going to die because the other person didn't pull off the assassination or whoever with, was with Lalo was going to die just because Lalo might kill them anyway. And so Jimmy was just saying whatever he could to get Kim out of the room and to make him be the one who stayed. Hmm. Is it, is and Kim it, is knew that? that. Kim knew that, which is why uh, she, she wasn't. Uh, tr- she was trying to not let Jimmy do that. Trying okay. to not let him sacrifice his life for her. That makes sense, but for some reason, for some reason, I thought he was taking the safe path. Let me let me try to understand. So I think whoever goes and shoots the guy is going is putting themselves in danger too. And they're potentially going to be arrested for murder um, eventually. Um, the person who stays behind might just go home. Lalo might just, you know, let them go eventually. Um, it seems like if you if you want if you only cared about yourself, you want the strategy that gives you yourself the potential not to either go to jail for murder or be killed. You might want to stay with Lalo, maybe. I mean, remember from their perspective, like. 
30 seconds ago, Lalo killed a guy just because he was a minor inconvenience. Mm -hmm. Like from their perspective, staying with Lalo is the biggest danger of all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's actually making a good argument to Lalo that Kim is probably more able to get away with it than Jimmy. They're probably yeah. less. So actually he, they have an interest in this thing working out because they don't want the person to go and then just like not be able to do it. I think if you're Kim, I think when she was next to the police, I think you tell the police. And I mean, I think that's the best. I think that's the best. You're going to jail for murder um, because you had a chance to go to the police. I, I, I think you'll be convicted. It's not under dress. You had a chance to go to the police. I don't think you can, I don't think you can, uh, you might get mitigating circumstances in that case, but I think you're still going to jail for murder if they catch you. Again, like even back then, I think you would think that this guy has cameras. Kim is like a, you know, a professional person who's part of the community. They're going to, she doesn't put her hood up or anything. Um, she just walks up to the door. And so she's just going to shoot this guy and like, she's going to get away with it. Like, you know, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think it's, you know, there's not a, you know, this is a, this is not 1975. I mean, there, there's cameras, there's electronics. Uh, well, people, I yeah. mean, like you were saying earlier, I mean, should she have expected that there would be cameras? And e even if there were cameras, well, she I knows mean, he's not but, a typical, uh, but Gus is not a typical, per Gus is a exactly. rich. From Kim's perspective, this is probably a cartel matter. This is probably an internal cartel matter. And even and if she does succeed in killing the guy, they're probably not going to turn it over. The guy would have cameras in front of his house. What did he? Right, right. He, but from Kim's perspective, this is a police. drug trade matter. And and I even see. if there are cameras, that they're not necessarily going to immediately turn everything over to the cops. This is something yeah. between people who are in the drug game. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's that makes everything. If you go to the cops while you're driving there. You know, there's probably a better chance of Jimmy surviving because you have you're you're depending on Lalo's goodwill that if you commit the murder, he'll let Jimmy go. If you get the cops, they can do a SWAT team. They can surprise him. Um, they can go but, in there. But then again, now that I think of it, she's she's in like this middle class, well, this upper middle class residential neighborhood, and what she had was a, a six shooter. So she was going to fire off six loud shots. So actually, now that I think of it, it's not really even the cameras that matter. The entire neighborhood would be woken up by the, these rapid shots. Yeah, and she's so, got to take a camera too. Like, I think that adds to the, she's going to set up so her there, there would be, there would be, wit uh, there'd be witnesses, neighbors opening their windows and, and rushing over and, and there'd be cops arriving on the scene relatively soon. So this can be, this can all be explained by she is just really nervous and this is a really tough situation for her. Lalo knows this plant doesn't, is not going to work. Lalo knows she's going to get caught and then um, all the, uh, all the people are going to, why doesn't Lalo kill Jimmy? Um, before he leaves, that that well, that seems like it would have made a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I think he's sitting there. He's, he's, he's why does he not kill kill Jimmy? I, I guess maybe yeah. from his perspective, maybe maybe it's at least slightly better to leave Jimmy alive because Jimmy might buy him a little more time talking to them. Yeah, they'd assume he went back to he went to get Gus anyway. Right, and, you know, there, there's, there's nothing there's nothing much in it for lalo to kill jimmy other than being yeah. annoyed oh and by the way we were we we discussed why he killed um why he killed uh uh howard and now it makes perfect sense because the reason he was going over to jimmy and uh, kim's house was to commit a murder was to get them to commit a murder right um and so he howard can't be uh you know there as a witness that he showed up there 
Uh, so it makes now. Why would you now? Like, why would you? I guess why would he pick Jim and Kimmy for this? Like uh, Jimmy and Kim for this? Like, like he doesn't have any other friends in the cartel game that he can he can send to kill Gus. Yeah, like, yeah, that's a good question. They were, they were, that wasn't necessary. But why? Why does he pick them? He well, just, maybe, I mean, just, maybe, somebody, maybe because part of it, part of it. Remember, part of his plot is to get is to get Gus to rush over a bunch of men to Jimmy and Kim's place. Mm. Maybe that's the main reason to choose them. Yeah, because they're yeah. the ones that are most plausible candidates to get Gus to be like, oh yeah, this makes sense. I'll, I'll rush over most of my team to where to their apartment. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so uh, Lalo's plan was pretty. Yeah, it was pretty smart. I mean, it was pretty intricate, and I think that I think it made I think it made sense. Um, yeah, it, it was not bad. I mean, it, there were levels to it. I mean, it still just bothers me that his plan, his grand plan, would have fallen apart. Would have been a lot more difficult if the guy had not been taking a bathroom break or a coffee break at that exact moment. If he just yeah. been there, like, oh, I mean, there's Lalo Salamanca. He's on the camera. <laughs> He's breaking in. I got the drop on him. Right. And he needs... Okay, so Gus goes over to the laundry. So he's waiting at the... Oh, no, no. He wants them to... Doesn't he want them to come to the laundromat? So doesn't he no, want no. them... To... That, that's an option. Like, in, in fact, I think Lalo says it at a particular point. He says, like, oh, it, it's a nice bonus that, that you decided to rush over here. Uh, I think Lalo he was going to kill Gus. He was just going to take the uh, photos. It, his main gonna... play was just the video of of the laundromat uh, of the of yeah. the drug lab. And from there, I wonder. Okay, so if that's the main play, what happens if Gus doesn't rush over? Like, are are you just running around poking random buttons, hoping to find the button that is gonna gonna <laughs> unlock the drug lab? Because Lalo's yeah. smart, but you know he's not that smart. There are a lot of buttons yeah. in this place. Yeah. So he, like so, uh, imagine imagine if things had gone according to Lalo's plan. Okay, so here, here's my thing about the writing. Uh, imagine if if the main plan had gone off. Plan A, Gus simply doesn't rush over there, and so what you have then is the big payoff to Lalo's plan is that he's wandering around the laundromat, taking video of a perfectly normal laundromat, pressing every button he can find, looking for the magic button that is going to reveal the drug lab. Yeah. But that's what. But so okay. So, but maybe then maybe it makes sense that he wants to be seen on the camera because he, um, you know, he tells him, "Oh, it's a bonus." But like that, does, he, maybe he doesn't want what's the guy's name, the drug lords, a lot, a lot of whatever his name is. He doesn't mm-hmm. want that guy to think that he went to kill Gus. Um, he wants him to think that he just went to get to the bottom of things, and then Gus shows up and he kills Gus, and he has the proof that Gus was bad. Um, so maybe maybe that was the plan. I just I think according to the show itself, it wasn't the plan. Like there's a line that that Lalo says to Gus uh, when he's got him at gunpoint at first, where he says something to the effect of like, "Oh, it's just a nice bonus that you're here." Or maybe he's maybe was he saying it in front of the camera? Was the camera there? Yeah, and remember, he... remember, it, it's it's not being caught on camera that that got anybody to rush over there. Nobody saw Lalo on, on camera. No, I know, but he was wanted to get caught. He wanted to get caught on. What I'm saying is he wanted to get caught on camera, but then the guy was in the bathroom, but then they went over there anyway, right? But this would get pretty elaborate. Like in fact, the thing which led Gus to get over there was his interrogation of Kim. And and then uh No, but he he knew that there was going to be interrogation of He knew there was going to be an Okay, you're right. And so he knew there was going to be interrogation of Kim. 
Um, and, and Kim basically says, uh, Jimmy convinced Lalo to let me go instead. And then Gus is like, Jimmy, con uh, the lawyer convinced Lalo, talked him into it. And basically you see Gus deducing that Lalo couldn't actually, if this was important to him, he wouldn't actually be talked into changing his mind or his plan very easily. So you see Gus deducing that basically Lalo let himself be talked into sending Kim instead of Jimmy because Lalo didn't care which of them went. And he deduces mm. that because Lalo didn't care which of them went, that they're just a decoy, which means that his actual interest is in going to the laundromat. Yeah. His actual interest is in going to the laundromat. And, and so... And so that, that but, is all pretty elaborate. And, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't plan A for Lalo for Gus to deduce all of that and to go. No, so what would, so Gus, when, okay, so the plan for Lalo was when Kim is being interrogated, what was Gus supposed to, Gus was not supposed to figure out that he was going to the laundromat. Gus was supposed to f think that he was going to come to Gus's house. Is that what it, what it was? was yeah, he, I, think that? I, I don't believe that Lalo, you know, this would be getting many layers deep if Lalo was like, yes, uh, I, I will let, I will let Kim go because Gus will interrogate her. And then she'll say something that makes Gus realize yeah. that I didn't care which of them went, which makes Gus realize they're a decoy. No, no, he doesn't. Uh, uh, that I went to the laundromat, and then Gus will go there with a small team. So you think? I, I don't you think, think Lalo was on any of that. You think Lalo's plan was as simple as, um, you know, they they go to Jimmy's house, and then he just he just goes to the goes to the laundromat because they're all left. They all left the laundromat, and that's it. His plan was, was simply: I go to, I take the defenses away from the laundromat, allowing me to go with my uh, video and take the video for Don Eladio. And uh, and that, I'm, that you can go back and look at it, but I'm pretty sure there's a line that Lalo says to Gus after he's at gunpoint, where Lalo says something about how he it was just a nice bonus that Gus was there. It seems to me killing Gus would be a bigger prize than getting a video of the. The laundromat. <laughs> I don't know. It seems, but it's, but it's pretty tough to kill Gus. And and besides, it, it's not just that. Gus want Gus to end up dead at the end of this. But his most direct goal is to shame him and and get him, make him an enemy of the cartel. And, and then maybe the cartel and Lala will kill him together. Maybe, or maybe, maybe, maybe the it's Gus about friend. destroying his empire and then killing him. Mm, but the Gus friend but I'm pretty sure the, the video of the of the drug lab was the main play. Mm -hmm. But the Gus friend gang is pretty formidable. So, like, you're you're starting a war with Gus, which is doesn't it doesn't seem like the to me that the uh, cartel is so strong that it could easily be sure that it's going to win that, right? Oh no, um, no, so the cartel is way stronger than Gus way as far as manpower and resources goes. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've seen Gus's operation. We've seen that Gus's manpower has a cap of like twenty. At, at around twenty guys, they they run out of guys to send to places. Yeah, yeah, that they have to go to last few episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they go to a board apartment. Yeah, they're, they're, they're defenseless. Okay, that you know, works. once Gus has to defend three separate places, he, he he's at his resource limit. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, that that's that, that's funny. That's that's right. Okay. So this makes it. So yeah, it's basically so. God, so Lalo is not driven by personal revenge as much. Like if he was just completely driven by personal revenge, it would just be about making sure you maximize the chances of killing. Gus, I mean, he wants to hurt Gus, but he's, um, you know, he's he's playing a cartel game. He wants himself to have higher status within the cartel. He wants the cartel to do better. He wants um, he wants Gus, you know, Gus to be taken down. Uh, okay, yeah, and, and remember, that there's another line there actually 
this is a separate line from the one I was thinking of where Gus, uh, where Lalo says it's a bonus that Gus is there. Later on, when they're actually in the, the meth lab room uh, and he's on videotape, there, there's a line where Lalo says like, okay, so it turns out I'm going to have to kill you here, Gus. It would have been nice if this had ended differently and Don Eladio and I took our time skinning you inch by inch. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think yeah. that that's a separate bit of evidence that that was the main play. The main play was to get the cartel to, to see that Gus was an enemy, and then the cartel would take him down and, and torture him slowly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. That makes sense. Or maybe it was just like, yeah, it'd be nice, but I'm just, you know, my plan was to kill him anyway. That's how I took it at the time. I was like, my plan is to kill him anyway. You know, it would be nice to bring him down, but, you know, that's too uh, too inconvenient. I mean... I, okay, the biggest I think even like a, like one of the biggest problems is uh, like you know it's like the old trope where like the Bond villain like gives you like a chance like you know gives James Bond like you know an hour to just like as he explains his plan for him to get out of it. it it had sort of that feel okay eleven minutes till they get back all right I'm gonna shoot you in exactly like what <laughs> he's like timing uh -huh. like exactly it's like you you still got to get out of there like you should give yourself some kind of you know uh, uh, room for error here you can't just be yeah, like yeah. you know just confident about the about the timing um, from, from so an artistic perspective it is at least a kind of nice inversion of the trope of the monologuing because this time it, it's not the it's not the uh villains monologuing yeah uh, the, it, it's not the the person in power whose monologuing gets him in trouble it, it's the fact that lalo allows the the victim to monologue that gets him in trouble so it, it's at least an inversion of the standard trope yeah and he gives them a lot of time i mean if he just shot him before he said are you finished like he could have he would have you would have killed him right he had to I, give I him kind the... of admired that 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 scene like how it played out because as part of his monologuing gus gets increasingly wild and along with his words get increasingly wild he his he books. kind of walks in this arc and and the arc widens a little bit each time allowing him to get closer and closer as he goes back and forth to the light switch uh, or you know the, the power game uh -huh. so that was nice. yeah was that light switch? That was there was a seed a bit earlier when they were building, doing all this construction stuff. We're like, I remember this. Do you remember there was some power thing? And like that thing was that thing was there in an earlier episode. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, he measured the steps from it, right? He measured the steps from from that power cable to uh, the, the where he put the gun. Yeah, yeah. So he did. He did this. Uh, yeah. This so so the, all... the Gus's plan might also have been ruined if Lalo had him stand in a in a slightly different place or a much different <laughs> part of the lab where he hasn't hadn't measured the steps. Or so he that wasn't was the, that. Was, was, was the plan to have a way to cut off electricity? Uh, he, but then again, a... I, I guess basically once once Gus was down in the lab, he kind of subtly positioned himself so he was in proximity to the power cable. Yeah. So was that the what was the plan the whole time to always be access to cut off power and have access to a gun? Oh yeah, Gus's plan the entire time. Gus's ultimate failsafe was actually this is kind of nice. Gus was betting that Lalo would would find his way into the lab, and, and and betting that somehow Lalo would even manage to get Gus and him alone in the lab with Gus at gunpoint. And and so his Gus's failsafe was was to be stash a gun, be able to cut the power, and know precisely mm. how to get in the dark from the power cable to the gun. Uh, and so that makes better sense. You, you don't, you don't want to have the gun right next to you because you would, he would react before you did and he'd shoot you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you gotta be, you gotta move to a predetermined location to get the gun to shoot him. 
So it's kind of uh, nice that in, in this like uh, in this cat and mouse game, at every step of the way, you see Gus and Lalo being able to to make progress because they assume that the other guy is smart. That's kind of a nice feature of their little tool. Yeah, yeah, that is that is fun. So it's like seems like everyone uh, seems like in this universe, like everyone's smarter like uh, beats everyone who's like who's like slightly dumber than them right so it's like it's like uh uh walter white gus is like the apex predator in better call saul but like he's bested by walter white um who is the apex predator of of this entire universe and then i guess lalo is one step uh below uh uh gus right and I guess Mike is always ahead of Mike is never taken it, but he's like an apex predator, but in like a different division, uh, he gets killed. Well, that was funny when he gets ki- when Mike gets killed, it's different from the other ones. It's like each one of these other ones is like someone is beaten by their like better. So it's like Walter White is like beats, uh, outsmarts Gus, Gus outsmarts or beats Lalo. Um, Walter White kills Mike, but like on accident, um, uh, which is, which is sort of funny, right? Hmm. Yeah, just out of sheer pettiness, because yeah. Mike, you know, as canny as Mike is, the one thing Mike didn't plan for was how petty Walter would be to kill him but over it was, nothing. It wasn't. It was accidental, wasn't it? I remember that scene as accidental. Like no, they were no, just fighting. it's not accidental. Walt, Walt intends to shoot Mike. It, it's okay. just. It, it's just that basically Mike insults him, and Walt's ego can't handle it. Yeah, and Walt, Walt regrets it. Walt regrets it right away, right? And then Walt regrets regrets it right away. And that's what, one of the last thing he does is he, he realizes and he says to Mike, like, man, I didn't actually need to shoot you. There, there was this other easy thing I could have done. Yeah, I got it. And, and then Mike the- says, shut up and let me die. <laughs> I, I, okay, yeah. But it's not, it's a different kind of killing anyway. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a... You know, it's like one of those things. It's one of those things that was just like stupid and stupidity and chance that I think there's not enough of, of the show. Um, yeah. So, so to respond to what you were saying uh, a moment ago, you know, I, I don't necessarily think it's a matter of the the person with one extra IQ point or a couple extra <laughs> IQ points always defeating yeah. the one with a couple fewer. I, I don't think it's that. I, I think it's more that the, the flaws that undoes somebody. It's it's their character flaws that undo them in the end. Like. Walt does not defeat Gus because Walt really outsmarts Gus. It's mm. because Gus has this fatal character flaw uh, when it comes to the Salamancas of, yeah. of always risking himself to, to, to defeat them personally. And that's actually a character flaw that we see come into play here with Lalo. And Mike points it out to, to Gus. You know, Gus did not make the smartest play possible when, when going to the laundromat to confront Lalo. Like, he should have brought in more guys. He didn't have to go in personally. Things could have gone great for him. You know, as Mike said, there, there were basically many possible worlds where, where Lalo ended up making a dumb move and getting himself killed, where Gus ended up getting himself killed. Uh, but so it's the same character flaw, the need to confront the Salamancas personally. It, it works out. Luck is on Gus's side this time, but luck is against Gus uh, when, he, when he gets killed in Breaking Bad because he needs to confront the Salamancas personally. Yeah. That's good. And then Lalo's death, I think he also has a fatal flaw, but his flaw is different. He is loyal 
to a fault to the Salamancas, who are morons, seem, seemingly morons, except for him. I like during Gus's speech where he's like, I built it. You couldn't have. You guys are too stupid. You're short-sighted. You're brutes. He has like this idea that he is like a refined, intelligent, forward-thinking criminal. And they're just, you know, dumb, you know, savages. Um, and Lalo is, you know, a step above an intelligent. Like Hector just seems like, you know, it doesn't seem Hector's smart at all. Most of these guys don't seem, you know, smart at all. They're just dumb and brutish. Um, but Solomon, but uh, Lalo has, you know, a lot of loyalty to the cart to the cartel, and he, you know, cares about the family business a lot. Um, and and that's why he's sort of he's taking the personal risk on the behalf of the cartel. He's doing all these kinds of crazy things, which none of the other ones were like, you know, the smart would have been smart enough to figure out or capable enough uh, to do on their own. So his flaw as evil as he is is sort of family loyalty right that's interesting yeah uh, i'm gonna have to think more about what lalo's fatal flaw is uh that and that definitely might be part of it uh that like you know if he just wanted to kill gus he had plenty of opportunities to do it right at the end it's just that he wanted to get the full confession for don Eladio. yeah so that that could be part of it yeah yeah, and he doesn't know. Yeah, so he doesn't know that, um, you know, Gus reveals to him what he did to Hector. Although the way Gus explains, he doesn't really explain well, like how, you know, he got him. So Gus might not believe that. Like I made him well. Like he might not, you know, have a reason to think that's true. So he doesn't have that. He doesn't. Ha- he doesn't know Gus did that. Um, they, they started. You know, how did like how did the beef between Gus and uh, how did the? Uh, I guess. Oh, I guess Hector killed his. Gus's boyfriend, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's that's the root of that's the root of all of this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is stupid. Yeah, I, I guess if they like the fatal flaw of them is they like made an enemy out of Gus for for no reason. Like they killed that guy for for what? I mean, I don't remember. Their fatal was. flaw was homophobia. <laughs> See, this show was woke after all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to remember back in the scene. It was just they found them slightly annoying or something, and maybe it was homophobia. Maybe they were like, oh, "What are these fruits doing?" <laughs> you know, in our cartel. Might have played a role. In, you know, they didn't have a ton of reason to kill Gus's boyfriend all, all those years back. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not sure why they killed him. I, I guess part of it was they found him slightly disrespectful. Uh, I, I, I forget the exact details, but like maybe maybe Gus and his boyfriend. They, they were doing some kind of drug trading without permission to, to try and impress the cartel. I think that might have been part of it. Yeah. Yeah, we should watch. We should. I, I watched Saul, the, all of Saul in its entirety um, for the final season. Again, I, I rewatched it, um, I'm, except for the last like three episodes, which I got to get to. Uh, so I, everything's fresh on my mind from Saul. Uh, Breaking Bad, you know, I haven't rewatched since, since it ended. Uh, which was around 2012 or 2013. We should go. We should go back and watch. You want to rewatch Breaking Bad at some point? Yeah, it's been years since I watched it. Yeah, I so, think it was so with, I, I think that I'm due now to, to be impressed by it again. Yeah, I think that's right. And with Saul, it's a completely different. Like, okay, so Crazy Eight. I did not realize that guy in Saul, the Crazy Eight in Saul, is the same. Is it, like I didn't oh, yeah. realize he was Crazy Eight until like last week. Until like you know, I was rewatching it, and then somebody called him Crazy Eight. I'm like, oh wait a minute, that's the guy from the start of Breaking Bad. And so like yeah. you, like putting these things together, there's like a lot of these things that you know I don't even remember. You know, I you know I just I, these connections I haven't uh, made or I've forgotten. Um, so yeah, what else? I mean, what else? What else happened um, in this uh, episode? So they they are. Um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, is there anything that, is there any reason we should not be uh, in Omaha next week? Besides, they, they're not going to keep us around for Cliff. I mean, they're not going to do that. Well, so I think the show, I'll make a prediction. Uh, some of the loose ends that we've been pointing out, like, you know, the, the travel to the beach or, you know, the stuff about the videos, some of these things are not going to be picked up by the show. They're just artistic license. But Cliff and what Cliff knows is such a big loose end that I think the show has to take it up. Okay. My view is that Cliff is not important. So I'm going to, I'm going to make the opposite prediction that we will never see Cliff again, I, except for maybe a small scene where he's just sort of wondering, you know, what's, what's happened or something. Um, I, I mean, yeah. But don't you see like Cliff has all the information he needs to know that, that Jim and Kimmy were, were, were fucking with Howard and it was part of a big plot and it's a plot that paid off really well for them financially. And, yeah. and, and Howard even told him shortly before his death, he told them some of the key details of the plot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. May, maybe, maybe you're right. You know? And so, so maybe you can imagine that like, okay, you can, I think what's going to, what could happen is the world, you know, the, like the, you know, the world figures out, about their plot that's exposed but that doesn't mean they think he can they still can think he killed himself uh because they go and they they call the cops they admit that his car was there and so like they uh, you could imagine kim's reputation becomes ruined um for taking part of this and maybe something she does she becomes a criminal or something i don't know what she does but like her personal reputation could be ruined here even though they don't think they don't get arrested for murder yeah. uh, and then she just becomes like jimmy like they just become like a uh a pair of just you know uh, irredeemable bad people rejected by you know all the all respectable people in the community and you know doing underhanded and bad things right well there's also something that's got to pay off there's a Chekhov's vacuum cleaner guy whose car whose business card Kim saw when they visited the vet and she okay, saw so, oh yeah so this is one of the things I I, I picked up while rewatching Saul it's it's the beginning of like season five or something close to it he calls the vacuum cleaner guy do you remember this he actually does call him. Uh, when, Wh which time in Omaha, it was like the beginning yeah, of yeah. chapter five. He, so he does call him. Um, we know that. So it's not just taking the card. We talked about this as foreshadowing, but it's beyond foreshadowing. We have, we have the video in Omaha of, uh, uh, we have the scene in Omaha of, um, uh, Jimmy calling him, but then you probably don't yeah, even remember after meeting the guy, Jeff, you're saying Jeff, who's Jeff, the, the guy, Jeff, who recognizes, uh, Saul yeah, the at the mall. right. Yeah, right. and then and then Saul calls, Gene calls. Okay, so uh, you do you do remember you do re you do remember this. Okay, I, I so remember that. Re I'm saying there's a separate thing that's got to pay off. What's got to pay off still in the in the, uh, the main timeline is that Kim saw the vacuum cleaner guy's car and looked at it. We we still need to pay off to, to that scene of Kim looking at the vacuum cleaner guy's. Why car. does why does Kim because Kim and Jimmy are going to stay together? So anything. So I'm assuming that Kim is probably with Jimmy in Omaha or or something like that. I mean she. Or she just she was the one who gave him the card. I mean, I I I don't um, I don't know why it has to be matter that Kim uh, saw the card. The camera lingered a long time on it, uh, mm -hmm. and so I just got the impression. And, and Kim looked at it, and she, Kim was confused because she was like, "Hey, what what is this guy? This criminal in his book of criminal contacts? Why is his bookmark uh, a vacuum cleaner business?" Mm -hmm. Do you remember the uh, so how was the vacuum cleaner? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and then and then if you remember, he also he finally hangs up on the vacuum cleaner guy. Says, "I'm just going to take care of it." Remember that? Right, right, and that's and that's in the future with Gene calling him. And yeah, I, I mean, that's... look, we know we know that Saul that Saul basically at some point in the main current timeline, Saul is going to look into the vacuum cleaner guy because he's the one that that connects Walt to the vacuum cleaner guy. Then he himself mm-hmm. uses him to end up in Omaha, and then later, as we saw, Saul ends up calling him back. And then changing his mind. So we know at some point soon, probably, Saul is going to learn, look into and learn about the vacuum cleaner guy. So we still need to know how and why does Saul first learn about the vacuum cleaner dude? And how does this connect to Kim looking at his card? And so it seems mm-hmm. likely that Kim is going to be the first one to look into and discover what vacuum cleaner dude does. That's how Saul is going to first learn about oh. his uh, so Kim's maybe Kim is disgraced publicly and wants to disappear, and then she leaves Jimmy. Like they could, she could leave him, and then Jimmy is just bro- heartbroken. He's out in Omaha. He doesn't. He's like he's living. Oh yeah, he's living alone. We see him a lot of scenes in Omaha. He's just sitting alone. In, in his to house. all appearances, he seems to be living alone, just like yeah, eating yeah, TV dinners and watching old commercials of himself. Yes, he's broken. That's right. I didn't put that together. I always thought maybe Kim w- could be. There I don't think that Kim is just out of the scene and, and everyone. <laughs> she just happens to be out shopping. Yeah, she's cooking or something. Right. Uh, you're right. And so I thought they were going to. I thought she. Did you think there was a chance they were going to kill her off last night? I, I didn't think there was a high chance that Kim was going to die. I, I still don't think so. Uh, I, I'm leaning right now toward Kim being disgraced and and learning about vacuum cleaner guy and, and leaving and assuming a new identity. Yeah. Leaving. So this is how it ended for Jesse Pinkman. Uh, you see Al Camino. Yeah. Yeah. So the Jesse Pinkman uh, got the happy ending. Um, this would be a sort of, a, Saul has a miserable ending. Um, maybe he, you know, well, well his ending is either he's going to stay in Omaha and, you know, he's going to go, you know, he's going to stay anonymous or he's going to go to jail forever. It doesn't seem like there's, a good ending for uh, Jimmy. Um, Kim could have a good ending. She could have, she could become like, yeah, vac- this is not consistent with going with vacuum cleaner. She could become, yeah, you know, I, I was I, like, I was always fascinated by the idea she would become like, you know, like an important pillar of the community, like a politician or something. Or, that, that, that seems unli- becoming less likely. Vacuum cleaner guy can't do that for her, um, yeah. I, I assume. Um, so oh, she's, she could become a pillar of some other community. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> she could become a uh, yeah. What other community? Which what, what, yeah, she could become like a like yeah a de- disreputable a lawyer for some like the mob or, or something like you know something like that. But she's no way. Why is she gonna? She's disappearing to get out of the public eye. So that is just, she can't go yeah, back. I mean, go back. The question the is eye. where and how far is he gonna relocate her? You know. There's been talk lately of, of I think the producers or the, or the network wanting another another show set in this universe. I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm not sure it should happen, uh, but if it does, probably the biggest the biggest loose end to follow up is Kim and what happens to her after all of this. That's kind of probably the greatest opportunity for another show. Yeah. I mean, she's too old. She's too old. I think. I mean, she's she's like already like you know fifty. I think they're supposed to be young in this show. Like I don't think like. You know, I don't know. Like, people are not going to be interested in Kim, you know, when she's 60. <laughs> I, just don't, I just think that's not... That's not I don't know. Idea. I mean, she, actress looks younger than her age. She looks one. much younger. That's true. 
That's true. She does look younger. You know, what else could she be doing with her? Yeah, she could be doing... What else could she do with her life? Because she can't be public. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I guess I'd watch it because I love. I love this universe. Do you think open. there should be a, another show set in this universe anytime soon? Mm, I'd. I'd say no because I think that. I, I just don't know what you do with Kim. I just don't know how you. I don't know what you do with Kim. Like I, I don't know how. Like how she because like. Like I'd watch, I'd watch like him becoming like a senator from New Mexico or something. Like after all of this, I think that would be funny. Maybe, so I, maybe they, maybe I would not mind maybe. a show about Lyle. The further adventures of Lyle. <laughs> would be well, that was so funny that episode. Yeah, I keep thinking about that. I, I just rewatched the episode where he was cleaning the uh, deep fryer. And like, I thought Gus was gonna like deep fry him, but you know, in that episode, <laughs> I thought he was gonna die. Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lyle has become a sleeper hit with the fans. Has he really? Well, the sure, perfect employee. You know what this is? No, the is, one man that Gus respects most. This show, what this show, yeah, yeah, respects him and Jesse Pinkman. Yeah, what this show does very well, what this universe does very well, is it portrays people who are just straight arrows, who are just squares, right? Um, uh, the... Um, uh, I mean, Lyle is like a perfect example. Of this the guy. Remember the guy that um, Mike stole the badge from um, at what's it called Madrigal Industries? Remember when he stole the badge to go in and then do all the security stuff for the Gus uh, company? Yeah, yeah. That guy is also like that. He was just like a straight arrow. He's just like the the scene. It opens with the guy and he's just coming out like for uh, work. His son like needs him to fix a bike. He's like, I'll do it for you, sport. But this is the last time. Next time I'll fix it. Your so he just fixes his kid's bike, and you're wondering. What is the like? Well, who cares about this random guy fixing his kid's bike? And then you realize it's just like he's just portrayed as like a like a normal square guy. Um, and Lyle is this too. Um, and I don't know, like art, like it, it, there's not a lot of these people. There's people, these people in real life, like the um, uh, the, the 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 what what is that? Um, the kettle, the kettlemans are like this, but like a creepy, like evil version of this, right? They're not like that. They're like they're this on the surface, but they're really like you know bad and, and weird. They're actually weird. Um, but then it has these people who are like straight arrows, who are lame and and sort of you know uncool. Um, not lame in this universe, but like lame to maybe the larger society. Um, and that are you know these straight arrows, and it just portrays them like being themselves and. You know, there's not a lot of this. There's like, there's the, you see the Kettleman thing where like these creepy religious people, and, you know, and you see that as like a trope in, in art, but you don't see like the, the positive version of the Kettleman's. Like our, our culture does not, you know, our culture is like too ironic and cynical for that. You know, one thing, uh, this reminds me of like the Simpsons. Um, I haven't watched the Simpsons in years, but I, you know, like most people our age, I was a big fan of it growing up. Like when Ned Flanders started out, um, he was sort of like lame, but he was also like a sympathetic character. Over time, they made him into like a Republican Christian conservative who was like trying to like ban homosexuality and stuff. So it became like, yeah. okay, like the, this, this, you know, square guy has some bad, evil, intolerant thing to him. Um, but Is that what the term flanderization comes from? Is what? It talking about Have you heard, I've heard that term. You I know, I didn't it. actually watch that much of The Simpsons, but I've heard the term flanderization running around. No, is that what it means? What I'm talking about? It, it might be. It might be from what you're saying. 
Uh, yeah, so I haven't watched Simpsons in maybe 10, 50 years. So it was already happening like in 2005. I mean, this this is a long time ago. It was like, I think it was during the Bush, you know, George W. Bush, where it became Christian conservatives, became like a boogeyman of liberals. So by this time, Flanders had become politicized. Um, well, like in the 1990s, maybe early 2000s, uh, he wasn't. Um, and so I, today, I imagine it's it's much worse. I don't know. I don't watch The Simpsons uh, anymore. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, so, anyways, yeah, th- this show portrays such people, and most most shows don't. Is is yeah. guess, <laughs> so guess what know, I'm gonna get. When I watch Gus's interactions with Lyle, really, whenever I watch Gus just running Los Pollos Hermanos, like I keep yeah. thinking, couldn't this guy have made even more money if he just went into some regular business? Mm-hmm. Like, first of all, if he was working full time on his uh, chicken empire, he probably could have done pretty well with it. You know, yeah, you're right. He, he could have expanded it. But he could have also done something other than chicken, something more profitable. I feel like Gus could have made even more money if he just ran a regular business of some kind. And well, well really chicken could be profitable. I mean, I'm sure you know, KFC or if he if he had like the potential to build this into like you know a KFC I, or a I feel Popeye. Like he could have. Yeah, he I, could I, have. you're right. Well, well, this is a problem with everything. Every person seems way too smart for what they're doing. Like Mike has to like take like uh, you know he's like a he's like a Rambo figure who's like has 160 IQ, but like he has to take like bodyguard like jobs for a couple hundred bucks um, in order to give some money to his uh, granddaughter. He seems like he should have you know built up more money over built up more of a nest egg over his his life. Uh, Walter White too. I mean you know he's a high school teacher. Like, okay, he missed out on the on the. Uh, on the um, business that you know made a lot of money, so like you, you see that he could have done that, but he could have done something besides be a uh, uh, school teacher, which is not the greatest job in the world. Um, and then you have uh, Jimmy. Jimmy is uh, way smarter than you know what he's driving this terrible car, even after he has a um, a law degree. And that's that one's okay. I see Jimmy as like a complicated figure who like sabotages himself and likes being a scam artist, and so that that sort of makes sense to me. I, I, you know, one of the best scenes with Jimmy is when he when he first gets a nice apartment and he can't sleep. So he has to go to the back of the Vietnamese nail salon. And that's the only place he can get a good night's rest because he doesn't believe like he belongs in there or whatever. He's just uncomfortable, like having things. Uh, So that makes sense for Jimmy. But for most of these other guys, um, yeah, they seem like they, they could be doing, uh, a lot more. Gus might be path dependency. I mean, he might be like Latin America, like maybe drugs. Like if you're, you know, uh, really good at like stuff and you want a free market in something and you're good at like, you know, committing violence and leading men, like maybe drugs is a rational. Sure. Path. And, and, and I guess for Gus, in his case, the reason he sticks with the drug path to making money is because, like he says, it's about revenge. The, the, the revenge against the Salamancas is the primary thing driving him and yeah. against the Ladio. Yeah, I guess he could have made a lot of money and then tipped off the uh, DEA, but that's not good. And then like had them all go, but I don't, I don't think that's Gus's. I don't think that's Gus's way. Uh, yeah. I think it had to be. I mean, he, Gus he says a- it himself. I, I kind of liked his rant to Lalo because even though it was highly calculated, uh, yeah. the, the way he summoned the passion was by speaking his true thoughts. Like he was like, "You guys say that you're all about blood for blood. You're not. You'll sacrifice revenge for money. But me, uh-huh. I'm all about revenge." Blood for blood. Oh, huh. Interesting. Yeah, it reminds me of Nacho also. I mean, it reminds me of the Nacho thing of a few weeks ago. It's very reminiscent of that where he's about to die and he tells the Salamancas what, what he thinks of them. Yeah, the Salamancas are not, yeah, they're just bad. They're just bad people. And everyone with like a moral compass in any way, like realizes like they are bad people and tells them 
you know, and, you know, two, we have two important characters, you know, telling them off. One of them dies and, and the other one uh, doesn't. Um, Mike's, yeah, but, you know, Mike's loyalty to, like, Mike could have been a real, cons- I guess Mike could have been a real consultant, right? I mean, like, he was like, he could have been a security consultant, like, instead of a fake one. Yeah, um, I mean, maybe he's like, he's probably a couple decades too old to be working for Blackwater, but he could have done some kind well, of security. I mean, his, I mean, his physical conditioning and his ability to, you know, is uh, get a, you know these situations appears to be, you know, unparalleled. He seems like he should actually right, right. do very well. In the, but he, maybe he wants to spend time with uh, Kaylee, and maybe maybe the criminal lifestyle is more conducive to work life balance. And going to Blackwater, you'd have to go to Iraq or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Blackwater, you'd have to go to Iraq. And this was like, during Iraq. Yeah, so you'd have to go to Iraq or or Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah, he, just, he loves yeah, he loves his grand his granddaughter. Uh so yeah, so yeah, so this is uh yeah, so you know, I trust I trust the writing. I mean, I like here that I don't think like, you know, we we talked about some things that are a little, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of direct contradictions between this and the Breaking Bad universe. I think they do a really good job on um a lot of this a lot of this stuff. Um did you watch the um so uh, did you watch like the end when they said you know five more episodes they didn't show any preview did you notice this they, they often show a preview of what's gonna happen. i never even look for the previews anyway yeah well i, I I'm, I'm sort of divided but like so i fast so the show's over and then i fast forward on my tivo i go to like the end they say five episodes left and it's just a shot of saul's off saul goodman's office um but usually they show some kind of scenes from future they showed no scenes here they want to keep it uh under wraps yeah. whether we're in Breaking Bad universe, or still in Saul, Saul uh, era, or we're we're past that. So I, th- I think there's supposed to be some, um, you know, ambiguity here. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like this is, I feel like this is a wrap. I don't feel like Cliff. I just don't feel. I don't feel like Cliff matter. I don't think Cliff is a big enough hook, you know, for us. He just stay. knows so much that that as good writers, they have they have to follow up on that they've already set up that the police are definitely going to be interested in this uh cliff is so close to the situation and knows so much that he just has to get involved and he has to know that it has to become relevant that cliff knows that jim and kimmy were setting up howard for a long time with an elaborate plot to make him look like he had a coke habit yeah, I, I would lose respect for the show if they did not make it relevant. Is that a, that, a, that important? Okay, I'm just trying to imagine what the scenes look like. It can't every cliff can't be every scene. So they're going to show them. I guess they're going to show Saul. One way to do it is you show Saul going to work, um, and he's uh, you know distracted or whatever. Kim has what? Did, what do they say? She has that appearance before quarter. So you you could watch her going to work, um, and you could imagine that that DA woman. Um, who's always, you know, uh, sort of uh, sniffing around. She could, you know, uh, she could be um, talking to Kim. Uh, I'll but, tell you one thing. The, the police should probably end up interviewing Cl- Cliff. It's just part of their due diligence uh, because they're interested in Howard's coke habit and Cliff was one of the main witnesses that's relevant to all of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think in this universe though, like the local police are like overmatched by like these criminals because it's always like the DEA might get on you. It's always like the, possibly you might have to worry about the feds. No one seems to worry about the local police in in any situation. So to bring the local police and start making them important now, um, I don't know. They, they just seem they just seem not to matter. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah. So uh, okay, uh, is there? Um... No, we, we have a, we have a nice uh, di difference of opinion here, and uh, w one of us will be proven right or wrong pretty soon in the next yeah, couple episodes. Do I disagree with you? I yeah. If I have to take a okay, so when they show that scene, did, did they need? Okay, so yeah, I mean, another interpretation of Cliff is that scene where Howard explains to him, it's just there because Howard can't be talking to him. Like, Howard has to, like, um, yeah, but it, the, the, Howard has to, like, sort of get it off his chest what's going on. But at the same time, he doesn't have to go into that detail and actually, like, make it look convincing to Cliff. Um, so the fact that he does that indicates you might be right. Um, so I'm not, yeah, I guess I'm not sure. I'm not that confident in my in my prediction. Um, I have very, very weak confidence in, in this, in this prediction. Uh, but yeah, this is what this, this is what makes the show. This is what makes the show cool. Yeah. We don't know. Um, what, what did you think about that scene where they, uh, you know, wasn't that sad where they buried, uh, Lalo and Howard together? Yeah. Yeah. And then Mike is even like, Hey, be easy, be gentle with, with that guy's body. Yeah, he deserves it. <laughs> that guy deserves some gentleness. <laughs> and he takes out his, yeah, he takes his shoes. He takes his well, and they're like sort of almost like like cuddling. They're almost like they're they're like facing each other. Like they're almost gonna right. embrace. You see the positioning. Yeah, yeah. Very it's artistic. Like, yeah, it's like it's like you know that this is like they're, they're they're so different, and they just end up like in the same you know mass grave. Uh, Together and so when when in the Breaking Bad universe when they're uh, when they're cooking all this meth I mean they're they're cooking on top of the burial of uh, you know we oh. know they're on top of uh, uh, those two guys, those uh, Howard and, and Lala which is you know gives it a different feel but when when Gus kills his friend his minion later they they like uh, you know if, if they're used to burying people you'd think they bury him instead of what do they do they like they they like dissolve him in acid don't they maybe maybe Gus just discovered so, that that's he, better here's something. Easier. Here's a thought that just struck me. It's a little speculative, so I don't know if this will happen. But let's go to the end of the Breaking Bad universe. Walt dies in, uh, I guess he dies in the Nazi drug lab. But I, I forget exactly. But at some point soon in the Breaking Bad universe, toward the end of it, the cops should be finding and investigating Gus's drug lab. And at that point, there's a decent chance they could find Lalo and Howard's bodies. And at that point, may maybe for all we know, Howard's a cold case still at that point. And then yeah. after Walt dies, uh, they look to the drug lab and they find Lalo and Howard's body and they realize that Howard was connected to the drug trade somehow. So with this sound, this sounds like it's against your idea of Cliff being important, at least in the short term, because you need a lot of episodes then. You see, I guess you need probably more time to work all this complicated stuff out in the post-Breaking Bad universe. Um, well, you can't waste much time on Cliff you know, and the local police investigating in the immediate aftermath of this. So maybe you get one episode of that and then four episodes in the uh, in the post-Breaking Bad universe. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't give us, you know, I don't know why you wouldn't give us five good episodes in the uh, concurrent with Breaking Bad or post-Breaking Bad. It seems like, you know, the, 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 the you know, the, the, uh, they, they're done with the, um, the the sort of foreshadowing with the clips from the future. They're, they're, it seems like they're done with those because the last, very last one, I think, was in the aftermath of Breaking Bad um, was when, uh, you know, he was sending Francesca uh, on her way. Um, was I don't know if that was this season or last season. Um, but it seems like, yeah, if you the more stuff you want to do, the sooner you want to get to the post-Breaking Bad universe. 
Oh, seems like we'll probably be headed there pretty soon. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I guess at some point, we we know that uh, younger Walt and Jesse are going to show up in this show. So we still have that to look forward to. Do we know that? Oh, uh, yeah, that, that's been something that's been announced for like months. Oh, you're killing me. You're killing me. You're, I, a spoiler, you've spoiled. Uh, I thought I everybody knew. It's something everybody's been I, talking I, about like since the season started. Have they really? Well, okay. Okay. I'm sad now. I'm sad. I didn't want to know. I wanted to be surprised. Oh, well. <laughs> All right. I guess the rest of it. All right. I guess I could. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, sorry for, for the listeners who are in my exact situation where you know everything up to now except the media chatter and you don't want to be, you know, sorry if we ruined it for, for anyone else. But okay. Cool, man. All right. Well. I'm still, you know, despite the flaws, I mean, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, I was really, I really disliked this episode. I mean, we, we've nitpicked some things, but this is still, this is still exciting. This is still going. Oh strong. yeah. You know, the, the thing is, I just, basically, I think that this writing crew is a, is probably the best on TV. And so I, I kind of like, I, I do some writing myself. So I kind of, because they're the best, I kind of like, like to analyze what they do and the way they, ways they do it. And so yeah, I, I like seeing the, the holes and the weaknesses, like, I really do believe that it was that plan A was for Lalo to just be wandering around with a recorder. And so I believe that if Gus had not gone there, we would just get, you know, 30 minutes of Gus, of, of Lalo wandering around the laundromat, pressing every button, trying to find the secret lair. Yeah, that's funny. Have you, have you looked at, have you, uh, I've been, I've been meaning to do this. Have you looked into other uh, Vince Gilligan or Peter Gold stuff as, you know, uh, after being a fan of these shows? I, I haven't. Uh, what other stuff is there? Uh, I, I googled it once. There is some stuff. I, I I don't remember it off the top of my head, but we should we should yeah, look know, into it. I, I want them to do something new. I, I want them to like call it quits. Say this is the masterpiece. It's done. Two part masterpiece. Call it quits. And I want them to to create a new universe next. Mm, yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm with you. On, I think I'm with you on that. If, that, if that's the choice, uh, I think that Walt. You know that that would they they struck gold with that. Bob Odenkirk as Saul was just another amazing character that you could make another an entire show, an entire universe out of. Kim is okay. I mean, she's good as a supplement to to this show. I, I don't, you know, think Kim doing her own thing as the, uh, you know, is 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 better than creating a new universe. I, I'm with you. I think the talent is is there to do something more interesting. But we should look at the past stuff too at at uh, some point. You know, and, and I think that writers of just, this quality and and. Showmakers of this quality, they're too limited if they stick to the the old thing like, oh, we'll show you how somebody breaks bad. I, I want to see what they do once they move beyond the breaking bad idea. Yeah. So Saul, I mean, is Saul, does Saul get good ra good ratings? It's not as good as Breaking Bad, but is it like, is it popular? Is, is it? The, is I think it's pretty popular. Uh, and yeah. it, it's, it's even more popular among the critics, I think. Yeah. Okay. One of those yeah. cases where the critics are right to like something. Mm -hmm. But for all you know, Vince Gilligan has made five excellent universes that you would you would love if since you've never. I'll, I'll look into it. Yeah, we should we should. But yeah, for for now, okay, cool, man. I look that was uh that was great, and uh yeah, I will see you again same time, same place next week. Sounds good.